0: What's up? You hanging out at the
1: fair all week? Yeah, I love the fair. I think it is just so fantastic. And I'll spend like whenever I'm done doing what I need to do, just spend time like going check out the cows and the llamas and the it's just fabulous that it brings just like an entire state together over agriculture.
0: Well and more but And some really unhealthy delicious food The like yeah like there's so (laughs) many things i'm like oh my god fair food is so good it's so good So good. yeah some of those vendors have even just set up over on like 40th and like hillsboro like Mm -hmm. when it's not going on i'm like oh you get fair food over here like all year round that's great for us welcome to florida (laughs) well hey yo for those just joining us welcome to tampa talk it's friday february 10th i'm john and i'm dahlia and thank you for joining us all right so what are we talking about
1: well, this week in Tampa history, uh, Michael Thomas Heath, uh, who is an American former professional baseball catcher and played 14 seasons in the MLB with the New York Yankees and a list of other people, was born this week. So, on uh, February 5th, 1955.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I, I really enjoyed like looking these up, like things that happen in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, wasn't there something else we saw earlier about... Um,
1: yeah, it was a gentleman. Jose Marti. Uh, yeah, who was, uh, they're celebrating 136 years of his death. This week? Yes.
0: Yeah, so another another point we didn't quite get in the newsletter. We read it after the fact, but we're uh, accumulating our Tampa trivia. And if you guys want to contribute to that, please mm-hmm. uh, hit us up and you can send us a message. You can find us. You can find us. Um, so, you know. Many, many listeners know, you know, we care a lot about, I mean, we write in our newsletter about, you know, be pedestrian, we work with, uh, with well built bikes and helping folks get access to affordable, reliable transportation, really an advocate for biking and walking. Um, and, you know, in 2021 in Tampa streets, uh, 81 people were killed in crashes on Tampa streets, um, pedestrians, which is actually double the yearly average. Um, and you know, people hear that number and think, oh, that's not astronomical, but these are all someone's brother and grandma and whatever. Well, good news. Um, Tampa has received a federal grant, uh, $20 million that's actually going to be combined with five million of local funds that'll go toward making the roads safer for pedestrians and cyclists uh here in Tampa. Um, the mayor this week said that 74% of that funding will go to the city's most challenged. Uh, Neighborhoods—they're um, going to put in, you know, four-way stops, flashers, segregated bike lanes for pedestrians and cyclists, crosswalks, sidewalks near the schools. Um, there's some projects already on the books, include Main Street project that's going to include a new pedestrian crosswalk at Havana Avenue, uh, intersection safety improvements between McDill and Armenia Avenues, um, and then there's also some protected bike lane and pedestrian safety improvements at intersections between Columbus and Twenty Sixth Avenue. Um, along Republica de Cuba in Ybor City, um, so I saw I saw I was driving through downtown and saw it was all lit up like your people's flag,
1: <laughs> my people. <laughs> yeah, no, the they were honoring the Sister City Agreement with Agrigento, Italy. So they lit up the the skyline green, white, and red uh, Sunday through Tuesday this week, and this is a relationship that goes back. 31 years and so that's what they were celebrating and uh the italian club the italiana formed this sister city committee in 1987 and they chose it because agrigento is in the sicilian province of italy so right there on the tip of the boot well agrigento is more like the anyways the top of the boot is sicily and um It's where 90% of Tampa's Italian-Americans trace their heritage back to. It's amazing. And I think it's a really important thing to point out that, you know, people have this stereotype. When I tell people I'm Italian, they don't believe me because I'm 5'10 and uh, don't have curly hair or any of the super dark skin that Mm -hmm. people attribute to Italians. And that's because most Italians that came into Tampa, America were Sicilian, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm Northern Italian, which is blonde haired blue-eyed, six-foot, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very different looking people. And I think it's important to remember that, you can be from the same country, but it'll look very differently. And um it's cool that Tampa has this relationship with a, a a city all the way across
0: the the pond. I didn't even realize that there was such a thing like oh, yeah. as sister cities yeah. at all. And then just, you know, it was like, why are we lighting up uh Italian flags on our buildings? And then I started looking in and reading this and I just thought, man, this is uh I don't know. It's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, it's some really fascinating history. I'm, I'm interested to learn more now. And, and it sounds like there's a bunch of like mostly like mayor delegations that go back and forth between the two and like sharing, uh, resources. And, um, so there's some other cool, uh, things happening. So, uh, do you know about Big John? Big John, the world's largest triceratops. So this, okay. So apparently this 26 foot long, dinosaur this triceratops was found in south dakota in 2014 actually watched the video and the dude's like hiking along he's like oh i saw a bone and there's another bone hmm. well it made international news because one uh nobody had seen um this like full of a skeleton of a triceratops it was actually so they i guess they 3d printed missing pieces right. but it was 60 percent intact which is actually like one of the most complete fossil remains sets that have been unearthed, actually. Um, so they say it's like 10 foot tall. It's like the size of a moving van, basically, this, uh, dinosaur. But then in 2021, it's in, um, the news again because it went to auction in Paris and got $7.7 million, wow. um, uh, paid by a Tampa entrepreneur, uh, Sid Do you want to try that name? Sure.
1: Pagadapati?
0: Pagadapati. Pagadapati. Sid Pagadapati. I don't know if I'm saying your name right, but he, the man, bought uh, this dinosaur for 7.7 mil. And he is lending Big John, as he is affectionately called, to the Glacier's Children Museum for the next three years. So uh, everybody can go see the world's largest triceratops right here. Uh in, in Tampa.
1: Everything from, one, that dinosaurs existed is still wild. Period. <laughs> <laughs> and then, two, that people can just buy them. Like, you know, like, the fact that this guy could just buy a dinosaur gives $8 million. Yeah, just laying around a little extra $8
0: million, uh, sitting yeah.
1: around. Uh, but that's fantastic that he's he's uh, lending it to the Glazier Children's Museum. Because seeing things like that really is what inspires kids to, you know, become scientists and archaeologists. And, and really... Um, just build a career off of it. Well,
0: speaking of Tampa entrepreneurs that maybe have $7 million laying around to maybe not invest in a dinosaur, but maybe in a tech company or entrepreneur. Um, so there is a local, it's it's called <clears throat> Trent Trenum Law is a local law firm that's been doing quite a bit in the tech kind of entrepreneur investor space. And so they've, they've gone ahead and launched a team um, called Trinum Tech. Oh, did I say Trinum Law? Trinum Law, Trinum Tech is an initiative dedicated to serving the unique legal needs of technology, tech entrepreneurs, and investors in Florida's, what is becoming a booming tech sector, actually. And they they have a, a, a team of a multidisciplinary um, lawyers uh, and groups to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and investors. Um, and so, anyway, that hit the news this week. It was kind of some big news that that's getting launched. And it, and it does look like a pretty significant kind of like, one-stop shop offering from everything from like set up to scale to sell. Um, they want to kind of be able to provide these needs both on the side of the investor, as well as on the side of entrepreneurs. Um, and then, you know, I was talking about seeing the lights downtown and something else people listening may have seen uh, this last weekend, I believe it was on Saturday. Um, you might've saw like clouds of smoke billowing out of like down near Ebor and Atomo. Um, if you were wondering what that was, uh Tampa Fire Rescue was called to what they called a working structure fire. It was actually involved multiple tractor trailers at a business that's located at 39th and Atamo. So there was mm. like a fleet of trucks. It was a huge fire. Um, nobody was injured. Mm. Uh, no, no firefighters, no civilians, pedestrians, whatever, however you want to say that. But these, this fleet of tractor trailers was destroyed. Yeah, destroyed. I can
1: actually know exactly where, you're, where they're talking about. Yep, yeah, yeah,
0: right over there by the dump. Like yeah, just when you come out of the dump, it's right too. there. Like you, we pass those trucks all the time. Well, yeah. those trucks were just now. They don't know what started the fires. Hmm. Um, it was still an inconclusive um, investigation, but um, but yeah. So that, if you were wondering, uh, that's what that was. Well, speaking of. Vehicles
1: uh, in transportation news this week as well. Uh, the so a lot of people have been following the transportation tax. So, essentially, for those of you who haven't, they in November 2018, Hillsborough voters approved a 30-year, one-cent increase in county sales tax to specifically pay for transportation. Then in December of that year, Commissioner Stacy White filed a lawsuit challenging that tax, saying that it was, I think, unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Was her overall object, or like her overall statement? Fast forward to February 2021, the Florida Supreme Court said that um, the way that the amendment was written was restricted. And so the money that the tax brought in was um, unconstitutional. And so the $569 million that they'd already collected froze. Finally, the... Um, they recently started talking about how they were going to use this 569 million towards, like, yeah, we just reported, like, said
0: we're going to, oh, they're freeing the money up and it's going to be made available,
1: right? And so two weeks ago, county commissioners held workshops to lay out potential projects that the money could be spent on. However, the most recent governor's budget put out by Ron DeSantis says the money is required to be returned to taxpayers. I'ma so- check. I mean, for, what, one penny? Like,
0: (laughs) I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know how they distribute that. It would be one penny each. Yeah,
1: or I guess it wouldn't be one penny each. But it's a super small number (laughs) each. Um, But, yeah, so that's where the story stands now. How they plan on getting $569 million back into taxpayers' hands
0: beats me i do we might have a date night
1: but yeah <laughs> 20 date night
0: take my uh, baby out
1: um but I, yeah so that's the, the 569 million continues to be
0: in limbo is i think where we're at right now it's insane more to come this saga with this money and it it's just a proposed budget people are raising hell uh yeah. politics do what politics do and so we'll see how this all plays out but uh the saga continues with this money.
1: And so if you're trying to look into some other dramas, there's uh, the Lagaseta screening uh, going on this... Uh, tomorrow. This weekend, yeah, tomorrow. Guys, and-
0: by the way, I'm just gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to you. No, go she's, she's about to share the details of when and where, but I'm going to tell you, there was an earlier screening a few months ago. Um, so if you don't know, this is the trilingual newspaper. It celebrated a 100-year anniversary recently. Um, this is a huge like pillar of Tampa history... Um, I've actually recently subscribed because of that movie. Been like that's actually where we were finding some of this news, even. Um, but I cannot urge you guys enough. Like, make the time, go see this film. It is, it is such an incredible story of like three generations. Um, of kind of since like started by a uh, a um a lector, like a, a reader at the cigar factories when they went on strike. He's like, okay, I, I got no one to read to. Well, maybe I'll just write. Mm. And that's where the paper actually begins. But it's such a fascinating story. You guys got to go. The details are.
1: It's going to be on Saturday, February 11th at 2 p.m. over at the Tampa Theater on Franklin Street. And I know you talked about this really highly when you watched it the first time. Unfortunately, I can't come to this screening either, which I'm upset about because. I want to go again. I love some good multilingual uh, documentary. But um, hopefully they'll do it one more time and then we'll be able to see it then. But otherwise catch it this time because everyone's insane. It's just fabulous. Otherwise, there's the Black History Celebration happening on February 13th at the Tampa Convention Center at 11 a.m., also on Franklin Street, but just a little bit farther down. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, Synapse is also next week on February 14th. Valentine's so, Day. So, yep. So, Tuesday, it's a whole day's event, and there's even satellite events going on at a ton of other uh, businesses in the space around Tampa. But if you're into tech and kind of the the, the story of tomorrow, check out synapse. There's ton. I was there last year. Really awesome, um, event being housed, held at Amelie arena and you do need to get tickets. So
0: yeah, I was out of town last year cause I was out and I was like eat Denver. I was out in Denver, I think, uh, doing other tech stuff, but, uh, I was really bummed. I missed it. I'm hoping I can get over there this year. I've heard some really great things about it and got a bunch of friends that are actually speaking at it and doing breakouts and things. So I'm hoping I can, uh, find a way in, um, the, uh, I, I wanted to point something out in the newsletter that we sent out you know we usually have like a kind of a podcast of the week we put a couple of them in there this week um, but one of those is an interview that I did with David Dennis on the work ethic so you can find us the most recent episode at the dot com I interviewed David Dennis who had actually been on the show almost three years ago and David is actually like the second most listened to episode of uh, the work ethic. In fact, when I put up this new episode, I got a phone call from a friend that saw it posted. He hadn't listened to it yet. And he's like, I'm so excited he came back on. This is my favorite episode you guys ever did, which is just like it was a really good episode. Well anyway, he wrote a book since we last spoke called Gameness. And I love the subtitle. It says Land on your feet, not on your feelings. And we um talked about his book. Uh I invited him back and said, hey, why don't we co- why don't you promote your book? Let's talk about it. I'd love to have him back. Just had him on. So then I also included in the newsletter, you know, we kind of occasionally do a read a book section. So we coupled it with a read a book and we went ahead and put a link to his website where you can get access to that book, which is already out and available.
1: And another piece of work ethic kind of um, information that you shared is a recap of your interview with John Sanders titled "Boredom, mm-hmm. Grit and Flow State. Do you want to share anything about
0: about that? You know, so John's an old friend of mine. He was actually the second episode. So I'm slowly going through these old podcast episodes and trying to make articles um, for Word on the Streets um, in a new column called The Work Ethic. Cause yeah, because it's field notes from these interviews. And John temperamentally is just like, uh <laughs> It's funny. I remember him making comments. This isn't even in the article, but he's like, I've made a career of saying, yes, I can do things that I've never done in my entire life. And he, he's like, I love walking into the unknown or writing. It it sounds like he writes checks with his mouth and then figures it out, but he's got like this real need to learn. And it was very fascinating. He even told and why boredom is such an important part of this story. He like, he seems like really hooked on learning and being challenged and kind of like this way that triggers flow state. But then also like he left the job that he kind of like got everything squared away. He's in IT and he worked for an IT company. He got everything. He's like, you can only fix the server so many times it stops breaking. Everything's good. And he's like, they were happy to keep paying me. But he took a lower paying job and actually left that job to go somewhere that would be challenging and would give him an opportunity to learn and have to work hard again. Um, and so it's just anyway, I love John. Um, it was an incredible conversation. I put a link of it at the bottom of the article. I encourage everyone to listen to the entire episode because it's not a recap of the whole, it's a long conversation. Um, but that section, um, where we really get into like the, even some of his hiring practices, like looking for grit attributes in people he's hiring his experience of flow state and contrasting that a little bit with like the, the avoidance of boredom. Hmm. Um, and I was, I, I thought it was really, uh, in, in an incredible section of the show hopefully my notes do it justice um but there you go fascinating it actually touches
1: on kind of what we were talking about earlier today about the pluralism of knowledge and work and it kind of speaks a little bit to that too and so i look forward to listening to the episode i've read yep. the recap and now i want to hear, read the whole, awesome. uh, listen to the awesome. whole thing that,
0: that is that is the idea
1: in otherwise uh If you haven't yet, our Jolly Roger are still minting at wellbuilt.city slash Jolly Roger. And so this is an NFT that we put out uh, to help us to help give people the opportunity to kind of join us in our work and be a part of the community. You can also join us on discord at wellbuilt.city, where we kind of share information and also just kind of communicate as a community as well. Otherwise, please comment, rate and share Tampa Talk and word on the streets. We'll be out at Harvest Hope this morning from 1030 to 12 and the Ebor Garden from 10 to 12. And we have a lot of mulch to move. So please join us at the Ebor Garden if you're out that way.
0: I love that there's so much happening at the same time on Fridays. It's really kind of awesome.
1: All right. Well, that's what we're talking about, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Until next time.
0: Y'all be good.